Um, so, Ibtisam Azim is a Palestinian short story writer, novelist, and journalist based in New York. Um, she studied at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem and later at Freiburg University, Germany, and earned a master's degree in Islamic studies with, minor with uh, minors in German and English literature. In 2011, she moved to New York, where she lives now and works as a journalist covering the United Nations. She's also a co-editor at Jadalia Ezein. So, the Book of Disappearance, the book we're we'll discussing today, is her second novel in Arabic, and it was translated by Sinan Antoun and published by Syracuse University Press in July 2019. Some of her writing have been translated and published in French, German, English, and Hebrew, and have appeared in several anthologies and journals. She is working on her third novel, and she just finished another master's in social work from NYU's Silver School. Yes, so that was it from Ibtisam. And a brief um, introduction on what Palestine Writes Back is. Uh, we're basically an initiative started by Shurukunai, as you know, and we're an online reading group. We started around November 29th, 2019, and we the whole space was also meant to encourage, of course, reading Palestinian literature for Palestinian authors uh, within the diaspora and in a more type of European context, because we also realized that um, it does tend to be very American-centric, and we wanted to kind of create this online platform to grow through that. We're still a pretty small um, book club, but we're slowly getting there, I guess. But yeah, Shuruk, if you had anything else to add. I think you wrapped it up very well. Uh, only one of the additions that I had is that the people are very spread so that's why we keep adding you know different time zones to the meetings um because there are friends of mine for example from brazil who are interested in learning about palestine and reading palestinian literature who keep up to date and a lot of different people um yeah and we're mostly focused also on as selma said literature instead of only non-fiction to also get out of like leave this very typical academic discourse um, that pretends to deal with facts and not emotions or yeah own personal narrative yeah i mean we started out with palestine was plus 100 that was like the whole moment where it's like oh my god we should start a book club and then this happened so yeah i mean i just have a how we function type of group uh, type of introduction which is like basically i think you're all familiar with the also as a group how we function basically right now we only have groups via instagram and whoever wants to join can dm us um with like that they want the password that they would like to join but yeah we can basically start with the book actually so maybe just for all the for all the other participants, um, what were your overall impressions, or how did you, what feelings did you 
finish the book because I think depending on on places and on also like personal positionality, it may be very, very different. So I'd be curious to hear. Um, what was my feeling when I finished the book? Um, well, yours also, but also the readers. Um, I think maybe it would your feeling finishing this book by writing it is also, yeah. Also I know, very but good. I want uh, it's for the readers who how they felt about finishing reading this book. Yeah, let's do both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it would be interesting to also hear the like what it felt like finishing the book as well as finishing writing the book. Yeah. So yeah. Think, let's yeah. start. Let's start by uh, how was it finishing reading the book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the easiest. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, for me, it was this immediate link to once again Palestine plus 100. Um, and this story specifically, the key, which also ended on a slightly like similar note, which is this, this altering with the key and because um, the key was basically like the person shot the door and he was like oh there's no locks anymore when where, where will the intruder put the key and in a sense he also had the same approach with um changing the locks therefore not allowing the intruder so to speak to enter anymore so it was very interesting this use of symbolism in both these stories yeah that was like the, my immediate thought like this immediate association to that story and how the symbolism is everywhere in a sense yeah i think for me um the way i read it was more because it was so parallel to a lot of new grassroots organizations that are forming in Berlin mostly and in all over, like all over Germany. Um, for me, a lot of the time it reminded me so much of these conversations with very Zionist people. Um, and also the way that um, Ariel started dealing or justifying himself uh, in his memory of Allah. And then, yeah, um, so it left me with this sort of like clenching feeling that seemed to be very familiar. And these very different outlooks on the world, like the, the way that Allah looks at the world really often reminded me um, of all the, all the exhausted people um, whereas Ariel's perspective reminded me of a lot of very white leftist organizing groups who would approach things with a very different mentality, but also very different capacity of listening and like quotation marks, because it's not really like it's a self-proclaimed lack of capacity to listen. But yeah, so for me, it was more because it was so parallel uh, as a process of reading it. Uh, the the key, for example, I noticed it, but its role for me changed a bit. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Um, yeah, that's actually interesting because uh, um, when you, I mean, for me, when, when finishing the book, it's always, um, on the one hand, is uh, something a relief, uh, and then also it's uh, something sad. Uh, it, it's a sad, and you never know if you, I mean, you do finish the book, but of course it's not, it's never really finished in a way also, because the characters uh, live for, with you somehow, or come back <laughs> uh, um, again and again uh, in different ways, or you think about them, uh, especially with time, after you have more distance. and. As a reminder, I finished the book in 2014, actually. Uh, the same year it was published. It was published, I think, about six months later. Uh, and now, having the book translated into English, uh, it kind of brought me back to, um, yeah, to that uh, place, which is, uh, it, which is really... Fascinating, uh, but also uh, like you revisit your own character somehow. And um, by revisiting them, also you revisit the emotions, you connect it with these characters, and which you don't have anymore. I don't have them anymore because I'm not anymore invested in the book as I am usually when I write it. Once I finish it, I try also to uh, to separate from it in a way because once it's outside there, um, it's not um, kind of not not mine anymore. And in a way, it's um, so. Yeah. I mean, personally, I would just follow up with a question directly, which really interests me a lot. Also, while reading it, would the characters? I mean, and with this, I really don't know because you just said that the book kind of like it becomes a separate thing after it's out there. Um, but would they be the same or how would they change given the current political situation? Or is it maybe just like an imagined change in the situation and the characters would remain? Um, you mean how they change with time or through the translation? I'm no, rather, if you were to write the book now um, in a different political context, would they be the same, or is it even is it really that much of a different context? Mm -hmm. uh, no, I don't. I don't see uh, a different political context. I, I see that things. I mean, uh, I see that things actually getting worse. Uh, and no, I don't think I would uh, have, uh, if I have, if I would write the book now, uh, I think I will do the same uh, choices I did because, you know, with such a book and the choices I made, they were not, uh, of course, some choices were organic uh, in the sense of, yes, I sit and think about the development of the plot, the characters, but while writing, I also change uh, directions and try to let the characters uh, lead me to where uh, uh, they should go. Because 
while you write you have to try to separate i have i, I for me when i write uh, fiction uh, i have to try to separate my uh, kind of my personal um, wishes if you like if we can put it like this and how characters should just develop and be themselves and it's a very difficult thing to do and uh, it needs a lot of uh, patience and um, and uh, thinking and feelings and trying to to live these characters and also also in order to be able to do it so uh, so such a book doesn't come in a, for me at least uh, people different people write differently and even for more like even different books from the same person I think they are written also differently so for me I don't think I would have changed uh, uh, anything now and and our political situations as I said I think it's even worse. Uh, that not doesn't mean that we shouldn't be hopeful and change uh, is not uh, coming but it just um, while I write despite being a person who thinks also a lot about politics and despite having this novel that uh, talks about politics too but uh, at the end of the day uh, uh, there are also other issues that I try to take into consideration through writing th th that have to do with the, uh, the artistic value, the fiction issue, the socioeconomic issues that are happening for the characters, and many other things. You're absolutely right, like especially I think it's very interesting because like you said, you always have to detach yourself from the characters, from the story. And I also try to write in this fictitious sense, but it's also this question of how do you get your emotions out of it? How do you get out your wants and needs and at the same time suppress them and to, to let the, the characters develop on their own? And I actually wanted to ask about the translation. Like, how did it feel for you? Um, seeing the characters in a different light in English because I'm pretty sure the whole experience would also have been very different in Arabic and seeing this translated did, did you feel like your characters also changed? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, no, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I, the, the, the translation is really great and um, um, and I think once you know that uh, your translation and uh, your book uh, in, in good hands, uh, then you are more relaxed about um, uh, how the translation is uh, going to be. And then the, the great thing about it is, uh, um, I, I don't think it, change when when your book is translated assuming of course that uh, it's a good translation etc and there are languages that this book is going to be translated uh, to that i don't speak so that's actually more weird for me <laughs> as long as i speak the language in which the novel is translated is then i can have more relations somehow to it but uh, but um 
but it's something that you have to live with kind of and uh, I was excited about about the translations especially the English one to be honest because uh, there is a lot of Palestinians uh, and non-Palestinians but specifically Palestinians who uh, giving our situation uh, born in exile uh, in Western countries uh, they speak usually uh, Arabic but spoken Arabic they, and they can better read uh, uh, their the, 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 the literature in English let's say so I was really uh, happy that uh, this book could reach them uh, so I think the difference is how, and people reacted in different ways, as they also reacted differently in Arabic. So, um, yeah. Did you notice any particular differences in the way the audiences reacted, um, not only to the language of the book, of course, so not only like the ones who read it in Arabic or the ones who read it in English, but like Arab versus, um, well, more um, Western audiences. How was the reaction different? Um, I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't put uh, th these two categories um, kind of against each other, if you like, because it is more complicated somehow. Of course, somebody who who, who was or who is in Palestine and lives there uh, reacts in a way differently because they know these places. But then there are other Palestinians within Palestine uh, that they cannot reach these places uh, that the book is talking about, and uh, specifically Jaffa, because they are not allowed. Uh, because they are under occupation, whether in Gaza uh, uh, or the West Bank. Uh, and of course, the Palestinian refugees all over uh, the Arab world and uh, who cannot um, return yet. So, um, so it's more of the way people react has to do also with their um, if you uh, image about uh, an idea and experience about Palestine, uh, their personal and their collective experience, uh, whether they are Palestinians or Arabs or or uh, I mean Arabs and non-Palestinians, uh, or uh, um, uh, or from outside uh, Palestine, and the fascinating thing sometimes is. Uh, people who from other parts of the world uh, that they have similar uh, political situations uh, that they felt um, like, for example, I met when I had a reading in Canada and Toronto, uh, uh, somebody from Kashmir who felt that it's speaking to his own situation um, and many others. So that's that's the beauty of literature and reminded me of my own experience of reading other authors uh, who are non-Arabs or not, um, uh, whether African-Americans or South African etc. or Native Americans who, uh, of course, each situation is different but uh, 
some of their experiences also related to mine and uh, or South America, of course. Uh, so, so that's I think that's the power of uh, literature, creative writing, and art in general. But how is it for you guys? I mean, how do you like? when you read Palestinian literature or read non-Palestinian, how do you relate uh, to it? Uh, no, just also, yeah. I mean, that's why we also had this book club idea because we really do realize, did realize that literature really is like one of the many ways you can t kind of resist and bring people together. And I can totally relate to what you said about just the different types of diasporas living. You know, I have a lot of also like African-American friends or, and I I connect to them way more because of these struggles. And back to also what you said about Yafa, because I, I was just reading this um, on page 16, like your Yafa resembles mine, but it's not the same. Because right, um, right after I finished the book, I felt like, okay, I have to, I have to write about this. And so I went on my laptop and I, I tried to kind of recall my memory of Jaffa. And I grew up in Nablus, so it was very interesting to kind of connect Jaffa to Nablus because uh, I lived like right on top of the mountain and my dad would always be like, oh, when the sky is clear, you can see like the Jaffa Sea, which is true. Like I always used to go on top of a hill and look at it. And my first, I only went to Jaffa once we got a permit for like a day and it was very it was very interesting to recall that memory from when i was 10 going to java or yafa actually i don't know why and um just this how i related to it um being in the west bank how it just like navigated and even though i couldn't directly relate to yafa as a city because i've only been there for only like i don't know 5 hours it still held so much memory for me, in a sense. But, yeah. I think for me, I'll answer more on the part of reading different kinds of literature. Um, it's also very, I mean, my mother's German. My father is half German, half Palestinian, but grew up in Nablus also. Um, so the entire way of relating to it now, because no one in my family is left in Nablus. There are no family members in Nablus, but there are in Tulkarim. So whenever I go visit with my grandfather, we walk through there and have very mixed memories, like him as well, because it was not ever, like, it was never really his place. So this whole idea of having, like, your Yafa and my Yafa is like a, is non-existent in my family and my family's way of narrating their own history because they were never really set in one place. They just always went on the look for other members of the family, but not for this specific place at some point. Um, so for me, what really, what I related to for a longer time more was various kinds of narratives of this uprootedness, but also this kind of mixed experience. Um, from different, very different kinds of people. I mean, some, yeah, um, very few novels actually, which is sad in a way, but at some point I drifted more towards um, 
decolonial theory uh, in many ways, also for studies, which is also for me very, very interesting because you were saying also Latin American literature and that's that was for me the point of politicization with the Latin American indigenous resistance and indigenous resistance in, well, the so-called United States of America. Um, and I also really relate to a lot of the narratives, whether that was through people describing their own history or people describing their current legal struggles that they had in various forms, whether that was journalistic, but also through books. So I think it's very interesting because you do always have these different kinds of shared experiences that are never completely shared, but similar in so many ways. Also, I was going to ask just as a very, very quick uh, question in between, what languages is it going to be translated into? Mm, for now, uh, Italian. Uh, mm -hmm. There are some negotiations about others. But for now, Italian. That's nice. Yeah, I love the language, yeah. although I don't speak it. But <laughs> I love the music of the Italian language, so I'm very happy about it. It reminded me of a, of a friend there, like a family we're friends with in Jerusalem, who's half Palestinian, half Italian. The, you know, Sahira Dirbas? Uh, no. She's a filmmaker. Um, uh, oh, yes. What, what was her list with? Um, um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, her um, and her husband is Italian and he has this wonderful library of books about Palestine. And his entire flat is just crowded and there are so many Italian books about Palestine that were never translated into any other languages, just Italian, which is, I think, like an interesting link. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, in general, uh, translation is uh, what get translated is a very, uh, it's not an, e I mean, especially from the Arab world is, either books that got uh, somehow some prices uh, or uh, books that uh, um, uh, that uh, got some successful or the third category when usually uh, a translator decided decides to uh, work on um, something that they think it should be translated and usually it's, it's really not easy that to go because financially it's not uh, not rewarding mostly and it's a struggle so there's a very few attention paid to actually the struggle that translator go through until they get uh, their work works uh, published, uh, their translation, and uh, if they believe in uh, a book. And usually if you look at a lot of really uh, Arabic literature, especially in North America, it gets um, published mostly, not only, uh, in university press um, uh, publishing. Uh, 
because they are willing more than others to take risks and uh, and um, yeah but mainstream publisher uh, usually don't translate uh, don't publish a lot of translations literature translations and very and when they do the percentage of Arabic trans uh, Arabic uh, novels translated uh, is really so low, unbelievable low. In, in North America specifically, I think in Europe the situation is much better, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. But I wanted to, to, to go back to some issues you both talked about. Uh, the, the, by the way, I, talking about Tulkarim, I am from. I, I I was born and grew up in Taipei, so we are neighbors. Oh. <laughs> uh, because it, my mother is actually from Jaffa, uh, but she was displaced internally displaced her family. Uh, she was born in, in nineteen, I think, fourteen seven or forty eight, uh, and when she was few months. Uh, all the family was displaced in um, within uh, side uh, historic Palestine, and the rest of the family uh, had to flee to Jordan and Lebanon. But uh, so I grew up in Taibe, uh, where my father is from, actually. Uh, so we are your neighbors, kind of. Tulkarim is. Uh, I went to go a lot to Tulkarim when I was a kid. Um, but but uh, your two the points you brought both about Nablus and Tulkarim and how and the, the relationship to place and uh, and especially to a settler colonialist uh, um, state uh, like Israel and uh, the, situ the the situation that we live under as Palestinians in general uh, it's really interesting how within such a very small uh, place. Because geographically small, uh, how uh, the, the political system, the, 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 each Palestinian group live under is, uh, um, yeah, is is just uh, enormously uh, affecting uh, their lives and uh, dividing them in a way to try to to control better. Uh, and the fact that you could be from Nablus half an hour or maybe 45 minutes away from Jaffa and not go see it, uh, says a lot. And I think, yeah, not be able to see it, let's put it this way. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Um, Shuruk got kicked out <laughs> for a while. Oh, she's back. And hello. <laughs> and before I, before um, moving on, or just as your question, Anfal wanted to say something. I hope you're still here. Hello. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hello. I'm sorry, I haven't really read the book, but I just Googled it and I downloaded the Arabic version. Um, 
I have a question for you guys um, since we're talking about uh, the importance of literature uh, to connect others from different cultures and who might have the same, not the same, but might have similar feelings or being uh, under colonized. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Um, <laughs> my question is, so, by the way, as I have mentioned before, we, we are also reading Aid um, Ilahifa mm. by Rasan okay. in our book club, and I would love if you can join when we will host the discussion. Yes. My question is about literature and then writing in times of crisis. Mm. Why is it important and what, what is your comment in general about writing in a time of crisis, whether that time is um, like our current situation, the pandemic or an economy crisis, living under war or under a colonizer. Um, mm. I'd like to know your opinions. I hope my question was clear. Yes, no, it, it is, it is. Thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, the question. Uh, I'm really interested in that. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, you know, I think it's, uh, I mean, it depends. Uh, there are uh, some writers, I do believe that it depends which form of uh, of fiction you are working on. So for me, when you, when I write uh, a novel, uh, it is just, it's a different approach than when I write um uh, a short story, at least theoretically. I mean, there are a lot of similarities there too. But what I mean by that, for the novel you have, I have to have more uh, um, um, more time in the sense of uh, um, the development of the characters. Their uh, depending on where I want to sit them, which period of time, what do I want exactly to, how do I want to reflect on that? So to to go back to, to so that is important. And I, I have like, um, it, it takes me longer to write novels. That's why I'm not, I don't publish every year a novel or something, but it has also mm -hmm. to do with the fact that I have a full-time job and, um, uh, and it's it helps sometimes even my writing, but of course it's also um, not easy for me as a fiction writer because uh, I I uh, I don't live uh, from writing uh, mm -hmm. so from fiction writing so at, not yet uh, let's say <laughs> let's see. But it doesn't matter. It was also partly my choice because I wanted to, uh, in a way, I. it is important for me, fiction writing, uh, when we talk about uh, work, it's it's the most important thing for me in what I do as work or as, as something. It's, it's something I have to do. It's not something that I... Uh, but uh, And I need to do it in a way for me to have the full freedom to do it the way I want. Uh, which means uh, that I don't want to compromise uh, um, how the market is going to react, how people are going to react. Is this uh, going to be best? Going to to have like I don't want to 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 compromise my work for uh, such things. This is what I'm yeah. saying. You know what? 
then I will have my job and um, and maybe one day I'll be lucky enough to ride the way I want and to be able to live from it. But that's a totally different story. So uh, that's maybe a long answer to your question. So how to react? It depends on your situation, but also in uh, when you in in there are different like there are maybe when one writes uh, a short piece or uh, a, um, a short story it's more could also reflect the moment sometimes a poem uh, but a novel reflects of course a moment in time but i believe it needs really time to uh, be able to reflect on something that you lived and went through if you write it in a form of a novel and uh, in Pal the Palestinian situation is a very I mean we have been living under settler colonialist uh, um, uh, and un I would say ongoing Nakba since uh, not only the Nakba did happen in 1947-48 but it didn't stop and finish there mm -hmm. So, uh, because um, the land confiscation, the, the it's still ongoing, the refugees did, didn't return, etc., uh, etc. Et you know all of this. I don't. Yeah. So, so, uh, so we are. We were born. We all of us here were born in uh, a place where uh, there was kind of a war and still going and probably will go for the next um, or, or a political like occupation, settler colonialist, etc. So it's not easy to write under that, but it's also important like to take distance somehow and try to, yeah, uh, it, it's a good question and it's not easy to answer, I think. And it depends on what, which piece you write, you know? Mm -hmm. But how the guy, how the other you guys, what do you think about it? I actually, um, I'm going to have like I'm going to have to throw in a question <laughs> and like a short comment, and then I'll have to head out because we just noticed me and two other people who are sitting here at the demonstration is right next to us, and there appears to be a lot of police, so we're going back in. Um, but my question was. Um, actually connected to Nura Irakat. So, um, yeah, also settler colonialism, because I was really interested in what your main influences of political theory were to basically create this fulfilled settler colonial state, because I'm, this is the part of me that is heavily influenced by the Red Nation uh, mm -hmm. and the Red Nation movement, because they have very, very interesting analyses of this. Um, they, had a, they had a comparison of two maps, actually, yes. of the whole deal with the map of Palestine disappearing being supposedly anti-Semitic, and then they pulled out another map that was the map of the U.S. getting colored like gray more and more, and then there was a question mark in the end, which would be the, the fulfilled set of colonial state with complete disappearance of the indigenous. Um, and so far, like, I've only seen those maps are mostly seen those maps and caricatures and very very provocative imagery in palestine but it's a very interesting it's a very interesting step because many of them say that we do not want 
Palestinians to become us. We do not like we want to um, do something to make sure that this doesn't happen again anywhere else, and that you know no one else becomes those two percent of the population or something. Um, so I was very interested in what the basis kind of for this creation of a of a full settler colony and the full disappearance was and if you in these cases um, also based it off of non-Palestinian perspectives such as the indigenous perspectives in, in the United States or yeah uh, no, definitely. The indigenous perspective of the United States, yes, and also uh, that of uh, South Africa. Uh, and, uh, the, and I do agree there are some, uh, in all these cases, uh, um, there are some similarities, and, but still each situation has its own unique um, circumstances and place. So it's important to to, to, to have the solidarity with each other, but to remember also that each of our situation is, uh, has similarities and differences. And, uh, and um, I mean, I, you know, I studied in different places and, uh, and different subjects. And uh, I think, mm. uh, one uh, and there are so many uh, it's funny that you i mean nora is uh, is a sister a, a good friend and i also love her uh last book um the, the book she published lately about law i mean she looks at the the issue of law and palestine in a very very uh um different and clever way, uh, the way we Palestinians should deal with international law and UN mm. resolutions. Uh, and um, um, So when I, for me, fiction writing, even when you write fiction, you, you don't only write fiction uh, that um, is not influenced by other theories, of course, uh, people from Said Edward Said and um, but also Palestinian uh, Walid um, Khalidi and uh, many other Palestinian and non-Palestinian historians. Uh, when you read them, when you, uh, it's important to be informed as a novelist, as a fiction writer, about these different theories. Uh, also, theories in um, about socioeconomic. Uh, um, situations to be also able to sit your work in uh, the, the geographic and social um, place that it's taking place in uh, and for me reading also for this novel that reading about the architect uh, the landscape uh, all these issues are really important. You will feel them in the novel, uh, I will, but um, but uh, or sometimes you don't. But they are part of the way I inform myself when I write about even a place that I know very well. Uh, and then this is why you see there is a reason why part of the novel is taking place in Rothschild. Uh, Boulevard, because this 
polyword in Tel Aviv was very important for the Zionist movement. And then I tried to, to see how the landscape uh, and the architect, how uh, Zionist, uh, how architect like the Bauhaus, which was uh, in early times in Europe, uh, people who uh, uh, were discriminated against, uh, and then the same uh, architect forms came to Palestine uh, in a way were used to uh, against the indigenous people, the Palestinians. So it's interesting to see these things, and I tried to show them in the novel in a very um, uh, not, not to, to, to I tried to point to them to to, and if the reader uh, interested, then they can go and search for themselves more. Uh, but part of uh, writing has to do also with reading about all this stuff, absolutely. Thank you very much for the for the answer. Also, I'm very glad to hear you're in touch and already, you know, very familiar with Noura. Um, yes, we are. Really, I, did, I did a full tour of all uh, webinars during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, I, yeah. I, I read her uh, latest book and she's a good friend and a very good friend and a sister. And uh, the beautiful thing about Nora is also that she's somebody who tries to support others as much as she can. So in many words, a comrade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'll, for now, I'll have to be a good comrade to my, yes. To my yes, people and go back in. Yes. Um, good luck. All the best and thank you so much. Um, you will thank you. Take care, everyone. See you soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Right. Um, yeah, I think also back to what you asked with your uh, conversation with Anfal, I think also related to Nura, what you said about, because Nura also said that we should also write fiction, I think, because she did mention in one of her webinars that um, Gaza poets, as well as We Are Not Numbers, and the many authors that are coming from the West Bank and Gaza, how they're trying to push their narratives um, and almost and also fiction in, uh, as a form of like kind of not trying to find the solution exactly, but to try to cope and to have hope for the future in a sense. And I think ever since the webinar, Nora also really, she, she encouraged that, like write fiction, write more about Palestine, because I think that's one of the many ways we can really just amplify our voices. So yeah, I really do think that it's one of the, these approaches that are, are very tiring, but they also do tend to make a difference, I think. And I know it's something I struggle with a lot as well, but it's still very important. It's, it's still very valid. As much as you go out on demonstrations and protests, you still have to take time to kind of step away and see things from your perspective, how you how they make you feel. And yeah, just to, to write about that. And I think, I think that also shows a lot in your book with the whole alternating between Ariel and Dala and how Ariel is really trying to understand this Palestinian perspective but not really 
being able to almost like because he's he's your average liberal Zionist friend and I think there are so many like um, emotions um, coming from that as well like yeah like how how do I as Ariel perceive Radat's diaries to his grandmother and just his his side notes his comments Alas anger even though he disappeared and his grandmother is no longer there but you could still it still resonates in a sense and I think that's something you managed to convey very well yeah I think for me that was like one of the most um major things in the entire book that it's so it comes from a very personal perspective yeah no it's interesting that you're saying that uh, I, I, I I don't know unfair if uh, if I answered also your question and um, but uh, I, I think another issue yani you you touched upon Salma is the, the the these different perspectives and and I do believe like also there is so much to be said and told about Palestine and Palestinian stories there are so many stories uh, and that we need to um, to have out there uh, and the only thing sometimes I'm for me at least is important not to rush to bring something out because I'm in, I have to or uh, but rather to take the try to take the time uh, but uh, but yeah but how I mean do you guys try to are you writing fiction how's your experience um I guess I could start and, and find if you have anything to say. You can always, yeah, please go after me. Um, I mean, for me, I I mean, I'm currently in Vienna. I study at the University of Applied Arts. And this year, for me, it was a lot about fiction because I had to uh, give up, like, um, like, finish this project about writing a utopia, right? And this was our assignment: write a utopia, write a scientific, write write a science fiction, and also have a scientific basis for it. And it was a struggle for the entire year because, of course, I had to choose Palestine in the future. And that's also how I came about your book about um, Palestine plus one hundred Arab science fiction in general. And for me, it was a it was a really huge struggle because. Just being part of the academy and trying to kind of talk about your emotions, about the situation, about the future, about not being able to really see this utopian scenario because you're so in the ground at the moment and seeing everything um, in a very pessimistic way, if I can say that. And it also coincided with the Trump peace plan and everything. So that was kind of my 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 struggle or my whole getting into writing fiction because it was something I couldn't accept. Like, how could you write fiction when things are happening in real life and people are dying in real life? Like, do I really have the kind of like the privilege or the, yeah, 
So this was it for me in a sense, just this always coming back and forth to who am I to write fiction when other people are being martyred or being killed or, or, or under occupation. But yeah, I think it's it's been very interesting ever since this this entire growth. Um, and ever since then, I've been really trying to write more about it and to try to, yeah, like, like you said before, you have to really let go of what you want in order to kind of write for the public and try to let the characters be. And it's often very hard because you always have to kind of adhere to certain certain things, especially when you're part of the academy, you kind mm -hmm. of have to not be political, not be too radical, be radical, but in a way where we like it. So, and also how do you get people to care? That's something I'm, yeah, I'm always asking myself like, okay, I'm just like this loud Palestinian student that everyone knows. Yeah, she's probably going to do something about that and they're going to clap. Um, for five five minutes, maybe have some tears, and then move on to the next project. So it's this continuation as well. But yeah, that's just me writing, I guess, about yeah, just being this being part of university here in Europe and constantly trying to figure out your your identity and always asking like does my art always have to be connected to politics or can I just draw something and not have it relate to anything at all I think that's the struggle we all have is not only as Palestinians but generally as marginalized people whether yeah like you like you also mentioned like South African or not Native American or whatnot like how do I make art that sounds um no, yeah, no, don't worry. I, 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 I think you bring a very important point about um, uh, art, uh, in, uh, fiction or art in general, or the creative world. Uh, and uh, when you are part of uh, people who struggle um, uh, and um, and whether how much of your writing should be, uh, there is politics in it or... I, I I do believe that uh, as long as I mean that um, you it's not about whether you you talk about politics you mention some political uh, situation around you or because let's if we talk about fiction I I think yeah you can go and write no matter how you write what you write. Even if you don't mention politics or anything political in what you are writing, there is always, even in that act, something political. Uh, and it's not about talking about politics in your writing. It's, I mean, if it allows and it's like serves the the plot and the, the characters, then of course one should do it. Because if I let's say we'll talk about something that's happening. Uh, in this period of time, yeah? So I can't, if I'm sitting a short story uh, in, in our time, so it's really will be difficult or not to mention even one word or 
about COVID because this is what's happening. This is what's affecting people's life. So it's not going to be maybe the, 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 maybe I'll write a short story, let's say, about two people who, because of COVID, are staying at home and what's happening just because you stay at home 24-7. So... But you don't have always to mention these things directly or indirectly. And I, I also think that uh, so being aware of them is, the for me, the one important thing. How you express that, it's then up to you as the fiction writer or the artist. Uh, but it's... Um, and, uh, I yeah, I, I don't think there is, like, one right way, but there is definitely no way that you can escape or say uh oh i'm i'm my artist has nothing to do with politics yeah even if you write uh if you draw uh let's say flowers on your fields it is still in a context of some some context um just one thing it is interesting i personally talking about novel i i see my novel as magical realism rather than if I have to put it in any genre at all. Uh, but at least this novel, I don't know why it's always described in... That's actually one of the differences between how it was received in uh, Western media uh, uh, and um, the description of it as science fiction was interesting for me that I didn't agree to. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, that that was actually something interesting. Um, yeah, but but I, I uh, yeah, you know, there is this German um, uh, author that I really like. Um, uh, his name is Wolfgang Borchert, and he, you know, he he died when he was very young, twenty seven. Uh, he was, of course. Uh, He lived uh, during the Second World War. He was, of course, against the Nazi regime. And one of the things I liked about his short stories that were taking place in um, uh, during that wartime is uh, that sometimes part of his stories describe the way people live without even talking about. Uh, the war, but you, when you, there's this story, one of the stories, uh, the title escaped me now, about uh, an old couple who, uh, I think the bread, the title, uh, but I'm not sure, uh, and they, and how the war is affecting them, and how they don't have bread anymore, uh, and uh, how their eating habits changed, but he put it in a very, very, uh, very beautiful and interesting way and he's talking about the war but he didn't mention the, the word war uh, in one uh, uh, in, in his story but so this is also one way I mean there are so many ways to do it and um, yeah uh, May I add something to what Kisam has said uh, I think fiction, my personal opinion is that fiction is the fastest way to reach people's hearts and to, you know, like to feel connected um, and to touch their emotions. And as Mrs. Epi said, 
you can, there are so many literary items to, to be used in writing the piece that you want to write, such as metaphors or allegory without directly pointing out to that topic. Uh, I mean, lately, I'm reading uh, the book of reading Lita Intaha. Uh, it's by other Nefiti. And I feel strongly connected to the book. It's a memoir, but the way she writes it is very, it's, it's a form of a storytelling. And she uses literature, banned books, such as the books of um, Vladimir Nabokov, uh, the book James, uh, Henry James, Jane Austen, and um, Fitzgerald. So she uses these literary books and the way she interpreted them to make a sort of a connection with her situation living in Iran. So, like, there are so many political items there, but then she doesn't point at them directly. She uses that twisted way of an allegory and metaphor. Uh, and I, mean, I mean, I feel like this way, this is a very interesting way for me to feel connected to that case. I, uh, you know, I agree. I think also it's it's fascinating. I mean, for me, literature can uh, and art in general can uh, uh, and music. It's just amazing how it can express and tell you about uh, um, a situation uh, and what people are going through. What's going in there inner world and this is why it has to be informed by the political and historic and uh, mm. socio-economic situations and the, what's going on it has to be informed by it uh, and the way the author chooses to express it then it's always uh, um, their own uh, choice uh, but it's important and it's true i i think i do believe that uh, um, fiction and art in general like uh, but fiction specifically need to be even taught as part of colloquium when you read about um, uh, like when you teach history uh, I think universities should start looking or professors some do it like I was I know that some some uh, friend of mine who teaches history and when he uh, teaches uh, one of his classes. He teaches uh, like one of his courses. He teaches teaches about the history of the middle the Middle East in the twentieth century and twenty. Um, uh, and he uh, or twenty one. And he 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 uh, put uh, to, about each subject. He puts some novels as recommendations uh, to his students to read. That he thinks that these novels will on top of the articles will make the student better understand how historic and political and social events affected the individual life of people. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we also kind of started to have this initiative at university where we also tried to bring people together through that fiction or just through stories, for example, of Arundhati Roy, or just so, I guess it makes people a bit more empathetic because I guess it comes from um, personal perspectives as well. And yeah, I mean, I guess we can also wrap up. 
Yes. Um, and I guess like for me, I haven't really highlighted so many parts because I think the, the story just flowed. But I wanted to ask you about this sentence, um, survivors are the loneliest, because it was the one the, the one sentence that kept repeating um, throughout the chapters and whether this whole held any significance, like particularly whether any parts of this book held any personal, like, um, say, a connection. Mm. Um, yeah, I think a lot of parts, yes. Uh, and again, then no, <laughs> in a, in a, uh, you know, I usually when I write, I especially with this book, but in general, I do, I go through a lot of uh, drafts. And uh, in general, the first uh, few drafts uh, are have this, at least the part where there's the personal connection. It's uh, there. It's more raw, uh, but the more I uh, advance in a in a book, I work more and uh, on it in um uh, through editing. I try to then to look at the characters and the writing through what is best for the novel, uh, for its uh, artistic, for its fiction value, uh, for me. Uh, and I do want to emphasize again, it's important to have maybe audience in mind when you write. But for me personally, I try really very hard uh, not to think about how people are going to react or uh, on specific audience. Because uh, as a woman, as a feminist woman, as a woman, as a Palestinian, there is always so many expectations from us that... As a fiction writer, uh, I I can't just think about what is there expected, but rather I have to go to my inner world and to work on what I think is best for this work, and um, and this makes things somehow better for me in a way that I can be then more free. Uh, in fiction and in writing than anything else, uh, than any other form of fiction uh, writing, because there you have, with the journalistic writing, it's it's different, or despite similarities. But going back to your sentence, yes, there is this sentence, you know, um, survivors is, is uh, whether you, as a Palestinian, whether you survived the Nakba and st were able by accident, by, by just chance, by whatever circumstances you went through to stay in historic Palestine, to stay in Palestine, or you were forced to uh, flee and never allowed to return, uh, you survived something, um, uh, a catastrophe that changed your life and the life of your children and grandchildren, etc., forever. And for those who there is always this guilt somehow, for whatever reason. Uh, and there is always the feeling uh, of, there is the loneliness, the loneliness for me specifically of uh, the Palestinians who live inside and uh, being in your own homeland, uh, in your own Palestine, but then being surrounded by everything that 
at it's telling you that you don't belong here, that it's not your land, it's not your uh, place, and having to go this daily life of microaggressions, this daily life of uh, your landscape, your surrounding, your space, uh, navigated uh, constantly once you leave your town, your home, uh, in this uh, settler colonialist place and uh, navigating the two worlds, your inner world, your memory, your own. Uh, and that's a very lonely feeling. I, I mean, I lived in uh, home and, uh, until I was 23 and I go every year back to visit my family and, and I have, I have this feeling, yes, this is a very something that there is something lonely about us being there uh, and there is something also lonely doesn't have also be also um there is something strong also about us being there i want to end also on a in on a positive note <laughs> uh, because it's uh the the fact that we survived the fact that we still until despite all the powers despite all the um what's happening and still happening against us uh, it's huge uh the fact that you have all these people until today are saying no i'm not giving up uh we are going uh the, the resistance you see the resilience uh, you see is amazing despite all the the sitbacks and it's so there is yeah so, so so that is something that i try to bring uh and to express in the novel um and this is why you have the last scene the last i think the last time ala appears uh in the novel bef very shortly before the end um he kind of tries to have uh he discovers uh, his new relationship to his own place that he was uh, that he can be with the place in more peace with himself with himself um, um, yeah yeah thank you very very much for that now I, I think it's very interesting especially that you also coined this term like the Nakba generation and when we were reading um, Rasan Kanafani last week, and I also mentioned this, um, how you can see in his writings and in his characters that there's always this intersection between gender and also this toxic masculinity. Like, as a man, I have to, you know, I have to suppress my feelings. I'm a survivor. I'm a refugee. And it shows a lot and also this feeling of loneliness i think that's also why we try to build communities online and as a diaspora trying to bring ourselves bring each other like together as well as like connecting struggles with other diasporas so i think yeah this feeling of loneliness it it does a lot as well <laughs> since you ended on a positive note i think there's also this positivity about it, this kind of common feeling of loneliness. But yeah, absolutely, yeah. And yeah, I think to wrap up, that was 
it for me. I just want to, yes, thank you for joining and thank you for the book and looking forward to um, what you have next to write. And yes, stay further in contact. And I'm opening the floor now for anyone who wants to say anything before we end the meeting. Uh, thank you for having me, and I I really uh, hope we will uh, definitely stay in touch and um, yeah to uh, tune in to your other uh, uh, readings and uh, yeah and it's great that you're doing it. Thank you so much. Thank you, you so much thank for, for coming. No, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thank you also for coming and yeah. Thank you all for tuning into the discussion and hopefully we'll have the recording up soon. Yes. So on this note. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao. Bye bye. bye.